0: This archived broadcast of Janet Mefford Today is brought to you by Courageous Legacy, the new movie from Sherwood Pictures, Affirm Films, Provident Films, and the Kendrick Brothers. Remastered in 4K and including a new ending, Courageous Legacy, rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters, September 24th. This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone.
1: Are we going to stand with God? Come with me. If the Word of
0: God says it, I believe it.
1: And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Meffer.
0: Thank you so much for joining us again. When you hear the name Joshua, you might think first of the Battle of Jericho and some Sunday school songs about it, or you might think of the end of Deuteronomy when Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him, and the Bible says the Israelites obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Well, Joshua is a pivotal figure in Scripture, the man who led Israel to victory in the conquest of the Promised Land. But the book of Joshua also reflects key moments in redemptive history and points forward to Jesus Christ. So we're going to learn more about this book today from Dr. Rhett Dodson. He is pastor of Grace Presbyterian Church in Hudson, Ohio, and author of the book we'll be discussing. It is called Every Promise of Your Word, the Gospel According to Joshua. And Dr. Dodson, it's wonderful to have you here. How are you?
2: I'm doing very well, Janet. uh, It's great to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Well, I love talking about different books of the Bible because I recognize that not everybody will be as familiar with certain, especially Old Testament books, as they are maybe with the New Testament. Why do you say Joshua is a significant person for Christians, for everybody really to understand, not only in terms of the history of Israel, but also for the purpose of pointing us to Jesus Christ?
2: Well, Joshua is such a a pivotal figure in Israel's history. Uh, He's the figure that stands at that hinge point or transition from Israel in the wilderness to Israel settled in the land. And uh, while Moses, of course, plays um, an unrepeatable and extremely important role in Israel's history, Uh, Joshua has that unique role of actually bringing the people into the land of promise, into the land of rest, helping them to, um, leading them to uh, realize uh, the fulfillment of God's covenant promises. And of course... The author of Hebrews makes a big deal about this. Um, Joshua, what he did do, uh, what he couldn't do, and uh, the one to whom he points.
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah, and you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 31, where the Lord revealed to Israel that Joshua would succeed Moses, and the Lord appears in the tent in a cloud pillar. When you look at that particular passage, the introduction, as it were, of Joshua, what do you learn about why Joshua was the right man to succeed Moses?
2: Well, he was, he was the right man ultimately because he was God's uh, chosen man. Um, he had been uh, the one that God had set his His hand upon uh, because um, he, he was the man who followed the Lord uh, wholeheartedly, you know, like, like Caleb yeah. uh, would as his partner, and um I think it was that wholehearted devotion um, that that was certainly a part of what God was working in him and raising him up uh, to be this leader. He had been, of course, a significant military leader uh, earlier in Israel's history, right after the Israelites came out of Egypt. And that first major encounter with the Amalekites, and here they were, a bunch of Uh, shepherds facing uh, a well-trained, well-equipped army. And we see the military genius, obviously, that God gave Joshua uh, to to go out and and to fight uh, with them. So he was a man, I think, uniquely prepared.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you say the first theme to emerge is God's gift of Canaan to Israel in accordance with his covenant promises. And, of course, we really need to understand God's covenant with Israel in light of what happens in the book of Joshua. Can you explain a little bit more about that, what God's promise was, why God made a covenant like he did to give them the land in light of everything we know about Israel and its later disobedience. But how do you see the significance of God's covenant throughout the book of Joshua?
2: Uh, well, I think to, to understand it in the context of Joshua, you have to step back and look at it in the context of the Pentateuch and the promise that God gave to Abraham. When you look at what the Lord is doing from the very creation of humanity, placing Adam and Eve into the Garden of Eden, and then they're falling into sin. God had given them land, but through sin they lost land. Right. They, they lost paradise. They lost Eden. And uh, so God is going to send a Redeemer. He's going to redeem a people And he makes that promise through Abraham. He's going to lead them back to a land, not ultimately the land of Canaan, but the land of Canaan played a role in the Abrahamic covenant of giving Israel a homeland, but uh, pointing forward, like the other symbols and the types of the Old Testament, to a greater land to come. And we find that, of course, ultimately fulfilled in that new Jerusalem coming down from God in Revelation 19. Right. So this whole land theme really stretches from, from Eden to the new Jerusalem and the promise to Abraham of Canaan uh, plays a, a key role in the development of that uh, theological theme through
0: the Bible. Yeah, that's a really important point. I don't think that we often make that connection, the loss of land and God giving the land back. And I'm wondering how much in the, you know, the Old Testament context, people understood that better than sometimes modern-day Christians do, the significance of God's covenant.
2: Yeah, I think they did. I mean, if we read in Hebrews, um, we're told that that Abraham was looking for a city that has foundations, whose uh, architect and builder is God. Abraham was the one to whom God spoke directly and said, I'm going to give you this land. And yet, we're told by Scripture that Abraham was looking for something more than that land. He was looking for an eternal city, an eternal dwelling place. So he understood that there was certainly much more involved here than uh, than Middle Eastern real estate. That was certainly important <laughs> yeah. uh, because God promised them that land, and in Joshua he gave it to them. Right, but but that land points to something far greater, a greater inheritance, and. You know, we see Paul, of course, develop that whole concept of inheritance in his letters.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. So now the major events of the Israelite conquest are things that are just kind of outlined throughout the book of Joshua. What would you say are the most important key events? People obviously will know about the Battle of Jericho, but in addition to that battle, what were some of the key moments throughout Joshua in terms of the conquest itself?
2: Uh, I think... um crossing the jordan in chapter 3 has to be seen as extremely significant mm-hmm. uh because of their their first entrance into the land uh we think about the um battle of jericho and uh the great miraculous events that took place there but I think we need to step back from that and look as well, not only at the crossing of the Jordan, but at the events that took place prior to that battle, where there's a new generation circumcised, Passover is celebrated, and then Joshua at the end of chapter 5 comes face to face with this one who's the commander of the Lord's army. So there, there's certain very... Uh, deep and significant redemptive themes being played out here in the text uh, before the dramatic events of Jericho. So I, I would think that we need to go back and look at, at those particular um, events that precede the, the conquest proper.
0: Yes, exactly. Now, when you mention things like this new generation being circumcised and Passover and so forth, why were those significant at those junctures?
2: Well, they were significant for a couple of reasons. Uh, the generation that had been in the wilderness, um, the sign and seal of, of the covenant that God had given to Abraham in Genesis 17 had not been applied to them. Mm-hmm. They'd been wandering out there and without this sign. And so receiving the sign was uh, a way that uh, these soldiers uh, bore the marks literally in their body of God's faithfulness to great, them. great. And uh, this was an extremely um, poignant and painful reminder (laughs) that God was going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. And then they celebrate Passover remembering that uh, the events that began back there in Egypt were, uh, they were the start of what was going to now culminate. And who was going to lead them into this victory? It wasn't going to be their own strength. It wasn't by might. It wasn't by power.
0: It was by the commander of the Lord's army. Absolutely. Well we're gonna come back, Doctor Rhett Dodson with us, his book, Every Promise of Your Word, the Gospel according to Joshua. We'll talk more when we come back on Janet Mefford today. Ask yourself, what do you pay for healthcare? Are you single? Do you pay more than $199 a month? Are you a couple? Do you pay more than $299 a month? Do you have a family? Do you pay more than $399 a month? Yes, you can serve the entire family with healthcare for only $399 a month with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, not insurance. So your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like minded individuals. Sign up at any time of the year. Pick your own doctor and hospital. Find out more at libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. Or call now 855 855- 565-2561 that's 855-565-2561 or libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt this is janet mafford for bible league international Jaime is an itinerant pastor in ecuador in
3: latin america there, there are violence pastors and christian workers
0: uh, face with attackers thieves gangs so that's the that's the problem Jaime will travel days by foot, boat, and mule. He's been beaten by warlocks, robbed, and suffered broken bones after falling in the Andes Mountains. What awaits him at the end of each trip? A thriving congregation of hundreds of believers in an area where Christianity is fiercely opposed. When I share Jaime's story, I recall Isaiah 6:8. Whom shall I send? Who will go? I believe this man is enduring more than some pastors ever will. And like others in the world where Bibles are desperately needed, Jaime is humbly asking us to send God's word. For only $5, you can send a Bible to Latin America and around the world, and a special match will double your gift. Call 800 Yes Word, 800 YESWORD, or there's a Bible League banner at janetmefford.com.
1: You're listening to Janet Mefford today, and now, here's Janet.
0: We are back on Janet Muffer today, diving into the Old Testament. What a wonderful thing to do. Dr. Rhett Dodson is joining us. His book is called Every Promise of Your Word, The Gospel According to Joshua. We're taking a look at this important leader who came after Moses, as we all know from Deuteronomy and on into the book of Joshua, where we see all the conquest that takes place of the Israelites as they are moving forward to the promised land. Now, we were talking about some of the things, Dr. Dodson, before the break, some of the things that occurred prior to, for example, crossing the Jordan and then the Battle of Jericho, and that was, really, if you could sum it up, it seems as if God was getting His people ready. Would that be a fair assessment that as they were taking Passover, as they were uh, receiving the sign and seal of the covenant, that He was communicating to His people the significance of what was about to occur?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is is all preparation for,
0: for what lies ahead. No doubt. Right, right. So now, how does Joshua stress the themes? Because this is something you, I think, is very important for people to understand. You talk about stressing the themes of faithfulness and unfaithfulness. And this is something that you see within the book of Joshua, men like Achan and Caleb, the the contrast there between somebody who was disobedient to the Lord and Caleb, who wholly followed the Lord. What about that particular? dichotomy there. What is significant about that, or what is important for people to understand about the theme of faithfulness versus unfaithfulness?
2: Uh, boy, that's a, that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the contrast obviously stretches throughout the book, um, you know, beginning uh, back early on with um, really the contrast between the spies who go into the land here in Joshua to and uh, are faithful and and bring back the report and say, let's go in and take the land. There's a contrast between that and the earlier generation of spies back in Numbers 13 who said, you know, we can't do this. They're too great for us. Um, You have the disobedience that you pointed out, of course, of Achan when he sinned uh, after the Battle of Jericho, took those things that he shouldn't, and that led to defeat. Yeah. Uh, you have really the unfaithfulness of the leaders of Israel when you get to chapter 9 and the Gibeonites come and uh, deceive them and uh, we're told that uh, you know, the, the leaders failed to, to pray. They didn't ask counsel from the Lord, as it says in Joshua 9.14. So you see the weaknesses of men, uh, you see their failures, but... From the very beginning to the very end, you see the faithfulness of God, and he overcomes sin. Yes, he judges it. Uh, Achan had to be judged. Uh, He judged the sin of the Canaanites. Uh, The iniquity of the Amorites was now full. As uh, the Lord had said to Abraham, it would eventually happen. And, And so now they're being judged for their sin. And God is being faithful to carry out that judgment and to bring about salvation, and that's why you can get to uh, the end of the book in chapter 21, and uh, it says the Lord gave Israel all the land he swore to them, Uh, the Lord gave them rest on every side just as he swore to their fathers, and uh, not one good word uh, of all his promises Uh, failed to come to pass.
0: Right. Now, when you talk about Achan, for example, at the end of chapter seven, you see Achan really getting it. All Israel stoned them to death. It was Achan and all of his possessions and his sons and his daughters. And this is Joshua saying, you know, that (laughs) today the Lord will trouble you. And they burned their bodies. They threw stones on them. They raised over him a large pile of rocks that remains to this day. And then it's called the Valley of Achor to this day. Many people will read that and say, why did he get it the way that he got it why was it such a severe punishment that came upon him for being disobedient
2: well the bottom line to to that uh, answer is sin is a big deal yeah yep. sin is a big deal because it's against a holy god and you also have to remember that in the case of jericho uh, god had called for the harem Uh, This is a Hebrew term that means that everything in the city is to be devoted entirely to God. Hmm. Now, the people were devoted to destruction in God's holiness. They were to be wiped out. And uh, all of the possessions of the city were to be devoted to God. They, They weren't for... personal possession. They couldn't be taken as the spoils of war. Now, later in some of the other cities when they were conquered, yeah, Israel was allowed to take spoils. But here's very specific about Jericho. And so Achan has reached out his hand and he's taken what exclusively uh, belongs to God. And in his disobedience, he had also uh, brought God's hand of judgment against the nation as a whole because what happens? Uh, They come up against the city of Ai, and they think, oh, wow, you know, the walls of Jericho fell. Ai is a piece of cake. No problem whatsoever. (laughs) And and yet they found that they were defeated. Yeah. uh, Because sin is such a big deal, and it is such a barrier to fellowship with God, and it brings down the hand of God's judgment. So uh, I think, you know, we look at this and we say, wow, that's really something that's really harsh, uh, it seems. Um, the the children killed killed in Jericho you know the babies yes. the kitties yes. you know, the you know um, the kittens and the puppy dogs I mean this seems pretty harsh but read Revelation amen yeah read the book of Revelation and the judgment that Jesus Christ will bring on the last day. Um, makes Joshua look like the proverbial Sunday school picnic.
0: That is so true. That is such an important point for people to understand. God is holy, and he does not look lightly upon sin. And we should, I mean, really, it should make us tremble when we remember. Absolutely. The, yeah, the character Absolutely. of God. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you look at the redemptive points that you see throughout the book of Joshua, pointing forward to Jesus Christ. It's interesting to note that Joshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus. How do you right. see yeah how do you see parallels between Joshua and the Lord Jesus?
2: Well, there are a number of them. obviously you start with the name, right? right. <laughs> uh, Jehovah saves, Yahweh is salvation. and uh, so very name stamped upon him points forward to the source of salvation. Uh, You see him uh, leading the people. You see him as a a prophet for the people, giving the word of God to them, uh, calling them to follow, calling them to go into battle. Mm -hmm. And so um, he as a savior and deliverer who leads to victory uh, stands as a type of Christ. Now, uh, he didn't give them perfect rest all you have to do is turn over the last page of Joshua and begin to read Judges Yes. and and see that this was not a, a perfect and complete thing in this life because Joshua was just a man. Yeah. Um, and Hebrews 4 says uh, if he had been able to lead Israel into perfect rest, there wouldn't be a need for this other Joshua. True. But uh, there is a need, and his name is Jesus, and he leads into everlasting rest. So it's in his role... Uh, as a type and a leader of uh, God's people, that he stands out most uh, like the Lord Jesus. And of course, there are other ways to get to Christ in the book than just through the person of Joshua.
0: Sure, um, but that's that's primarily his role. And that's such a such a really really significant thing to talk about because Joshua didn't finish the job as you mentioned. You go into the book of Judges and you see exactly what happened because they failed to possess the land completely, and then the Canaanites went on to become this really terrible influence on Israel. And then the people did what was right in their own eyes. You you do see this throughout the Old Testament: is Israel blessed by God, obeying God, and is blessed by God, and then falls away, disobeys God, and all the rest. And this. This theme go, going up and down, is that not a bigger picture of the work will not be finally done until the Messiah comes? That we are all looking forward to the fact that Messiah will finish the job that was not done by some of these types of Christs?
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely, and we experience that in our own moment in redemptive history, right? Yes. Uh, we're, we're living in the, uh, as is so often characterized, the already but the not yet. Yes. We've been raised with Christ, we're seated with Christ, um, but we face all the ups and downs of um, battling our own sin and living in a fallen world, and, and none of that will be fully realized uh, until... Uh, until we cross the Jordan and reach Canaan. That's it. That's it. it. (laughs) Yeah, until Jesus comes and um, the new Jerusalem comes down, the new heavens and the new earth.
0: Right. I I love the, the portion of Joshua 24 where Joshua is saying to the people, you will not be able to serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgression or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done good to you. And then the people say, No, but we will serve the Lord. And it didn't last. It didn't last. And I mean, but this is such an important thing that Joshua is issuing this warning. Don't turn aside from the Lord. And uh, that is obviously what we understand from Christ saying, you know, that we need to serve the Lord, our God, and to put our trust in him and embrace the gospel and not fall away from him. It's, It's the same God of both Testaments speaking there.
2: Ab- absolutely. Um, Joshua 24, the, they should have remembered their parents had said the same thing, hadn't they? Yes. They had said the same thing at Sinai. Oh, you know, we're going to follow this law. This absolutely. Time. This we time we'll will <laughs> obey God. Yes. Um, That's but it's it, it's a call to, to perseverance in the faith, a call to trust Him. You're not able to do this. Yes. Right. Uh, and in, in our own strength, we aren't. And so um, we are cast upon him for the grace and and the power to to follow on after his truth.
0: so right. And ultimately, it's a book about God and his faithfulness in the midst of the unfaithfulness of his people, which is also applicable to us in our own day.
2: Exactly exactly
0: yeah i i just love it because i think uh, like i said i think there are a lot of christians who don't understand the book of joshua fully and will really find your book to be helpful in terms of exploring a lot of these themes and pointing to the redemptive history that is contained within joshua and i highly recommend it it's called every promise of your word the gospel according to joshua dr rhett dodson has been our guest and dr dodson it was wonderful to have you here thank you so much Well, thank you, Janet. It was a pleasure to be with you. God bless you. This portion of Janet Meffer today is brought to you by Courageous Legacy, remastered in 4K and including a new ending, Courageous Legacy, rated PG-13 in theaters September 24th. This archived broadcast of Janet Mefford Today is brought to you by Affirm Film's Show Me the Father. The creators of War Room and Courageous, the Kendrick brothers, explore fatherhood through five true stories. Show Me the Father, rated PG, parental guidance suggested in theaters now.
1: This is Janet Mefford Today, and now here's your host, Janet Mefford.
0: We are back on Janet Mefford today. One of the issues very close to my own heart is the one of children with either mental or physical disabilities. Our own son actually was injured while he was being born, and his left arm and hand and shoulder were all paralyzed, and that led to a lot of surgeries and a lot of therapy. But that is a physical disability. What do you do when you are actually told that your baby has something like Down syndrome? Well, in the case of my next guest, you understand that the Lord chose you to be that child's parent. And you trust him and thank him for the great gift that he has given to you in that child. Jen Forsthoff is one of those special moms, and she has written a book about her daughter, and we're going to talk about it with her today. It's called Chosen for Charlie, When God Gifts You with a Special Needs Child. Jen, thank you so much for being here. It's great to have you.
3: Thank you, Janet, for having me. I'm honored to share today.
0: Well, I am really eager to hear your story, and I know a lot of other mothers and fathers will want to hear it as well. Tell us a little bit about how you found out that your daughter, Charlie, had Down syndrome. Yes,
3: well, my daughter, Charlie, her name is Charlotte, but we call her Charlie for short. She was our first child. Um, I've got two kiddos, but um, she's four years old now, so looking back four years ago, um, I was excited to be pregnant. My friends all around me were having kids and, um, you know, just seeing their joy that they were experiencing. We had just great excitement, my husband and I. And so just simply going to our routine ultrasounds and normal checkups, it was halfway through my pregnancy when, again, I was just sitting in that chair. They were checking out Charlotte, doing some measurements, and I found them re-measuring, re-looking, re-checking. And um, that's when they had pulled me into an office with a doctor who sat me across the table and asked me the question, "Do you know much about Down syndrome?" Mm-hmm. And began to tell me that because of um, some different measurements that they were noticing, it was very likely that she could have a genetic abnormality. And at that point, they gave me the option for testing. And after that test was completed, she was, you know, testing positive for Down syndrome. I could choose to continue with my pregnancy or not oh boy. and you know at, at that point I uh, was just obviously totally side blind you know just taken aback I couldn't believe that this was even a conversation because never before did I ever even think about that being a possibility for my family or that I would have a child with a significant disability and so that was really the beginning of this journey, <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: um, as a parent, and so, like I said, they gave us the choice for testing. We just chose to trust the Lord and pray for the remainder of my pregnancy and believe that God, God could heal our child. God could give us a healthy child, and and so, um, my daughter was born at 38 weeks. And initially, they looked at her and said, "She looks great. She's healthy." And oh, we were so relieved, you know, after all those months of the unknown, right. finally getting a good report.
2: Right,
3: but typically more than just the the doctor's initial look over we had a pediatrician come in and look more closely and they said you know what we're noticing her lower set ears and some of these features on her face and really we need to do a blood test to be sure and so they did a blood test for down syndrome and then actually confirmed it yes she does have trisomy 21 which is called down syndrome mm. and so oh, my goodness, we were just so overwhelmed in that moment, and I'd like to say that my first response was trusting the Lord and, oh, it's going to be okay, but that wasn't the case. You know, I went through just a very um, dark period as far as just sorrow as a mother, realizing um, the life we had ahead of us with this child, where I felt, man, am I even equipped? Am I capable of mothering this child, and what will her future look like? And As I went online to figure out what was all a part of this diagnosis, my heart just sank even more.
2: Mm.
3: And so I think a lot of times when we receive a diagnosis from the doctor or something happens in life, um, rather than leaning into the Lord initially, if you're like me, (laughs) you know, I, I did other things first, you know, looking back. But that's really when I needed to lean into the Lord, and our story quickly changed when God really intervened in our situation.
0: Well, now that's interesting. Going back a little bit, as you mentioned, you heard the news when you were pregnant. You had it in your mind that there might be a problem, but you and your husband both had to deal with this. How did he deal with it during the pregnancy, and then when it was finally confirmed that Charlie had Down syndrome?
3: You know, my husband is a pastor um, at our church, and he's a great man of, of faith and he always wants to look at things on the positive end, and so really it was a, a battle of our minds, not letting our minds go there, and he did a good job as far as, well, let's, let's not let our minds go there. We know it's a possibility, but let's just believe that, that uh, God will give us a healthy child and this isn't going to be the case, and let's just continue praying, and so um, I think as a man, he just compartmentalized and focused on uh, the positive and put his faith and his trust in the Lord. And then as far as when she was born and, and we received this diagnosis, I had my response. Um, and I think just as a, as a father, he wanted to be able to, to fix it.
2: Mm, of <laughs> you course. Know, he yep. wanted to be able to
3: make things right for my daughter, for yep. me, and he couldn't.
2: Right. So
3: he even found himself just in a place of helplessness. And feeling the weight of, well, what next, God? What are, what are we supposed to do with this? This yeah. was something he couldn't fix. And so the Lord definitely took him on a journey as well with his faith.
0: Wow. Well, you know, it's so interesting because you're so right. Here you are. You've just had your first child. You've just had a baby and you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, anytime you have a baby, you're exhausted and you're trying (laughs) to cope and you're trying to, Mm -hmm. especially your first baby, you're trying to get acclimated to being a mother and taking care of this child around the clock. So then you go into research mode and I'm relating to this 100 percent, by the Mm -hmm. way, you go into research mode. Then you go through all these different emotions, don't you? Because the research, as you mentioned in your book, only takes you so far. Yeah. How did that kind of play itself out? When you started going into research yeah. mode, you found out what you were going to be having to face. And then you yeah. had to emotionally deal with it. What did you go through?
3: You know, I wanted, I wanted to understand it. I thought, well, maybe I'll feel better um, if I can better understand what Down syndrome is. So I started my research read about all the possibilities and my heart just sank <laughs> yeah. and so I thought I could only take it in doses you know I thought okay well I want to have the knowledge but I can go to a really dark place if I start to think about all the negative things that could happen and so my my next step was I started reaching out to other mothers who were in my same shoes who had a child with Down syndrome and you know I was fortunate enough to through various relationships be able to connect with a few different mothers and Man, it meant so much to have someone on the other end of the telephone who said, I understand what you're feeling, and yes. it's okay, and I've been there, and that was so meaningful as well, but I'll tell you, you know, as a Christian, and I've been walking with the Lord for, you know, over 20 years now, it's it's great to have that information. I believe that's important. It's wonderful when God puts people in your life who can relate and connect and listen and be there for you, but... In, all of my searching, I really needed to hear from the Lord on this. Mm. I really needed to. And, and one of the reasons I, I wrote this book, Chosen for Charlie, is because in my research and in my readings, I was I was finding other people's stories of victory, or I was finding out the knowledge side of, of being a, a parent of a child with a disability. But I wanted to know what the Word of God says, or what does God say about how to parent yes. this child and as I mentioned, initially I was in this phase, in this uh, season of heartache and overwhelmed, and as I was calling out to God to to speak to me or to give me direction or, you know, just help me in this new season, He was being silent. And so in in all of my searching, I needed God the most, and sometimes He's quiet, you know, and I, yeah. I believe that that's just Him drawing us closer to Him. And so I remember being in the shower one day, just alone, you know, as a new mother, I feel like if you can bathe once a day, you're, you're doing good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're winning. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
3: and so I remember just being in there talking to the Lord and said, God, you got to say something. You know, this was after a period of him being quiet. God, you got to say something. I'm not going to make it. And that's when the Lord spoke this word to me that has forever altered my perception of my daughter and daughter. This life that we're living And he said I chose you To be her mother Hmm. And that word chosen Just flipped a switch In my heart of You know I was seeing this As a burden As a weight As something so
0: challenging And and overwhelming When Oh God I'm chosen for this child Well I'll tell you what Jen hang on to that thought We're going to come back Jen Forstoff Chosen for Charlie Is her book When God Gives You With a Special Needs Child We'll be back On Janet Mufford today
1: From Affirm Films comes the Kendrick Brothers' Show Me the Father. The creators of War Room and Courageous take moviegoers on a cinematic journey that invites you to think differently about your earthly father and how you relate to God through five true stories. I'm stunned. He's real. He's really out there. And this is really him. This is really him. Show Me the Father. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. More information is available at ShowMeTheFatherMovie.com.
0: This is a story of a young mom in crisis who felt alone and desperate when finding out she was pregnant. After meeting with the counselors at Preborn and seeing her baby on ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat, she knew that life was the best choice. My mind changed completely from the abortion the first time that I visited. When a mom in crisis sees her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, 8 out of 10 times, she'll choose life. I know God won't want me to just throw out my blessings like that. Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. Will you please join Preborn in providing love and support for young moms in crisis? For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds and help save five babies' lives. Just call 855 402 BABY. 855-402-BABY That's 855-402-2229 855-402-BABY Or there's a pre-born banner to click at Janetmefford.com.
1: From Sherwood Pictures, Affirm Films, Provident Films and the Kendrick Brothers comes Courageous Legacy Celebrating 10 years of impact on families and fathers Remastered in 4K and including a new ending and bonus scenes
2: So where are you men of courage? I believe every father should step up and answer the call And
1: say, I will. I will. Courageous Legacy. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters September 24th. More information is available at CourageousTheMovie.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet.
0: We are back on Janet Mefford today chatting with Jen forced off in her book, Chosen for Charlie, When God Gives You with a Special Needs Child. And she's been telling a little bit of her story with her little girl, Charlotte, known as Charlie. And Charlie has Down syndrome. And Jen's been sharing a little bit uh, about how she came to terms with it and how the Lord has walked her through this season of her life. And you were relaying this story, Jen, before we went to the break about how the Lord really comforted you in communicating that you were chosen to be Charlie's mother. And that really shifted things for you, didn't it?
3: Yeah, I believe for us as parents, you know, whether we're raising a child with a disability or even just looking at our children, you know, I also have a younger son as well, just looking at our kids and realizing the Lord has specifically chosen me as the mother for these children. (laughs) You know, it's not a mistake, even though it caught me off guard or it may catch us off guard, the challenges we face with our children. God God is ultimately in control, and God is faithful, and God is good. And so, just as you mentioned in in the story that I was sharing, it it really uh, was so powerful when the Lord spoke to me of, you've been chosen Mm -hmm. for her. And so, even though that didn't fix everything (laughs) as far as her diagnosis and the, the challenges that we'd walk through, it was that word that I needed to hold on to. And really from there has been an ongoing just pursuit of the Lord of, what does the Word of God say with, with my child and how to pray for a special needs child? What does the Word of God say with, you know, what to do while I'm praying? And it doesn't seem like those prayers are being answered as soon as, as I want them to. And so really, um, Chosen for Charlie, the, the book that we're talking about today is, is not just my story and that's it, but it's my story combined with what God has been um, teaching us through His Word that we can hold on to for our family and our marriage, for myself as a mother walking through this. Yeah, that's and, so great. And you know, God, God really is uh, just in Him. We find that strength in Him. We He's the source, um, and He's really sustaining us and doing a great work in our family. And so we're just honored to share that through this book
0: chosen for Charlie it's exciting to see that the Lord really does sustain you it's not just a line it's not just a Bible verse you memorized now this is an interesting thing Jen I think for a lot of people listening who don't have the experience you do what is life like with a newborn who has Down syndrome and then a -hmm. a toddler who has down syndrome Mm -hmm. what are some of the Mm -hmm. differences things you face as a mom that you wouldn't face without that diagnosis sure
3: well, you know, with my daughter, um, there are varying degrees of uh, Down syndrome and how, how much it can affect a child, but for her, everything is delayed. You know, when she started crawling, it was later. When she uh, started feeding herself, it was later. Um, you know, her appearance is different, you know, so oftentimes people want to see the newborn and they come and peek over and they look in that car seat and, you know, I would get comments from people in the grocery store or you know, someone at the post office. So something looks different or you see them looking at your child a little bit longer and really as a mother, that can uh, bring a lot of things out of you. Right, (laughs) of course. That mama bear all the more just wanting to protect your child. And so there's really a whole combination of of things that you can have. And not only that, but you may have other mothers who are raising their kids and you may constantly have the temptation to compare your child um, you know, my, my I have an older sister who has a son who's just one month younger, and, uh, you know, just being honest today, I've really had to take it to the Lord time and time again where when our kids are together, you know, my I can get discouraged, you know, just seeing his progress versus my daughter's progress, and so, um, you know, there's, there's things going on internally, and, I, and I'm not, I can't speak for every mother, you know, these are just the things that I've gone through. Um, but we can struggle with issues of comparison, or um, you know, just even with my child. You know, I'll, I'll take her to the park, and maybe another kid will run up to her and and expect her to behave a certain way. You know, she's four years old now, and she can't interact with them. And so, even helping other children kind of maybe understand that Charlie's going to play differently, or she can't keep up, um, maybe like other kids can. And so. Um, you know, we're at the very beginning of this journey, but uh, we are realizing there, there are differences, but at the same time, there are so many similarities. Yes. You know, Charlie has um, things that, you know, she loves to sing. She loves to dance. We take her to dance class. She goes to school. She loves riding on the bus. You know, even though there are those things that are different, still there's so much um, that is the same. And so really, as a parent, I can choose. Am I going to focus on... The challenges, or am I going to celebrate the victories and the joy with this that. child? And so uh, that's a, that's a decision in in itself for sure.
0: It is well. You know, you had mentioned before when you found out that Charlie had Down syndrome when you were pregnant. One of the things they talked to you about was whether or not to continue with the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And according to the statistics, I'm sure you know, the overwhelming number of babies who are diagnosed with Down syndrome are aborted i mean their Mm -hmm. mothers don't let them live so this also seems to me like an incredible testimony on your part that you have this daughter that you love so much and you're out Mm -hmm. as a christian mom and being able to show people this is a wonderful blessing in our lives that we have this gorgeous little girl and she's so happy and she's got so much life to her that how have you thought through that particular issue that to simply have a child with down syndrome Mm -hmm. who's a living testimony to god's grace Mm -hmm. is a form Mm -hmm. of witness yeah
3: you know oftentimes um, in the beginning stages with charlotte and really coming to grips with with uh, her down syndrome I would sometimes ask myself, if I could go back and change, change things, would I? Um, either have a child that was healthy without this diagnosis or maybe not have this child at all. And I can honestly say I would choose her every time over. Oh. Over and over again, i choose her just the way that she is. Because mm-hmm. something that I'll say about my daughter, um, that the way that she's impacted our lives, is more than the challenges and the struggles she has brought more joy to our family i would I would even just testify that my marriage is stronger uh, because of of her being in our lives. My husband and I have had to lean into each other like never before to stay unified to encourage each other, making decisions together. Our family as a whole, you know, we have incredible parents who have leaned in who who pray, who surround and love us and care for us and even our church community, the support and, and the incredible strength that they've brought to us. And even just myself as a, as a woman of faith, I have found myself praying like never before. I have found myself uh, closer and dependent upon the Lord more than ever before. And so um, even though there are challenges that we face, the blessing and the great things that God has done through her, have just been overwhelming. And if I have an opportunity to share this, this is something that I share in the book, but I I love this story, and this is what I mentioned, um, that has just been so profound to me. I love, in the book, the story of Jesus walking along the path with the disciples, and they come across a blind man, and the disciples ask Jesus, Jesus, was this man born this way because uh, something he did or something his parents do? And... You know sometimes in a situation in life, we can want to know the why God why would you let this happen to my child or or why would why would this be going on in our lives? but Jesus responds to them, and he says, "This man was born this- way so that the glory of God could be revealed yes and i'll I'll tell you that that is our testimony as a family. you know my daughter people may look at her and think, oh that's you know." thing or, you know, she's she's maybe missing out on a life that a, a typical child would have, but I truly believe that that she's definitely not an accident. She's definitely not a mistake, but God has specifically designed her for his glory. Amen. And just as I already shared some of the ways that God is already doing that is is brought strength to our marriage, to our family and so God knows what he's doing. Yes. God is good and though his ways are mysterious and The things that He does are not always what we expect or want in life. God works all things together for the good, for those who love Him, and so we just choose to trust in His goodness.
0: Well, I think it's just wonderful, your story, and what a beautiful little girl you have. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, and I can't really adequately say how hard I know it must be to have gotten to this point. It, you know, we don't want to sugarcoat it necessarily, or I certainly wouldn't uh, to put on you that, that it is hard to get to the point where you really are confident in being able to say, Lord, I really do trust you. And this really yeah. is a child who is a blessing, not just our family, mm-hmm. but the church family family and everybody mm-hmm. else. And, and I'm glad that you wrote this book, Jen, because I know there are other parents out there, other families out there who can definitely relate and will feel very, very encouraged by your message of hope. And I, I just think it's just a beautiful book. Chosen for Charlie is the name of it. When God gifts you with a special needs child, Jen Forstoff. And it's been great to have you, Jen. Thank you so much. And God bless you and your beautiful family. Thanks, Janet. God bless. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us here on Janet Mefford Today. As always, we enjoy having you come along with us. JanetMefford.com, our website, and we'll see you there. God bless you. This hour of Janet Mefford Today is brought to you by Affirm Film's Show Me the Father, the creators of War Room and Courageous. The Kendrick Brothers explore fatherhood through five true stories. Show Me the Father, rated PG, parental guidance suggested in theaters now.